Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I said, you know, this is dangerous. And you catch it. And, you know, I caught it. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Great doctors, great hospitals. And now I recovered. And we can't close up our nation, or you're not going to have a nation. He says that we're, uh, you know, we're learning to live with it. People are learning to die with it. As you know by now, Election Day is less than a week away. I don't normally talk about politics on this podcast, but there's no denying how entangled politics and science and public health have all become this year. It's very hard to disentangle any of it. But what I wonder is how's the pandemic really going to play into the election? We know it's been dominating our everyday lives for the last eight months, but how much will that actually impact voters' decisions? To try and answer this question, I spoke with David Chalian. He's CNN's political director, one of the best in the business, has his thumb on the heartbeat of this election at the state level, at the county level, at the city level. He's also the host of two podcasts, Politically Sound and the CNN Political Briefing. In this episode, we're going to talk about one of the most important elections in our lifetime and the pandemic that looms over it. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Well, David, uh, thank you so much. The election is coming up, and by the time this airs, we're going to be just a few days away from it. You're the guy in charge of, of of politics, really, in this election coverage for CNN. H- how are you? How are you doing? First of all, I'm doing well. It's a strange election season, Sanjay, because uh, normally uh, I would be living out of a suitcase on the campaign trail constantly at this stage of the game, and clearly that's not happening. And so it is an odd. Uh, kind of experience to be covering, directing our coverage of a campaign largely remotely in, in a way that we just haven't before. How much has it affected, do you think, the quality of the coverage? You know, we certainly still make a priority to get out there in a safe way and talk to voters as much as we can. Now we do it in a really targeted way on, you know, let's go to this place and do a story. We know it's important and this battleground area kind of a thing. But we just don't have as many... Um, antenna, if you will, like out in the country. Uh, So I always, you know, one of the things that always worries me is like, are we missing something in all that we do have uh, because uh, we just haven't been able to be out there as robustly? As a medical person, I, I feel a little bit in the bubble, if you will, in terms of how people are really responding to this issue. We know it's a huge issue. It's the biggest public health crisis of the last hundred years. But how big an issue do you think it really is politically? How much do you think it will affect this this particular election? It's such a good question, Sanjay. Actually, when you just look at the raw poll numbers, the economy tends to still outrank coronavirus when you ask Americans uh, the importance of certain issues. Now, that being said, 
This entire campaign is the coronavirus campaign. This is this is the entire context. This is a president who's up for re-election in the midst of overseeing this pandemic. Well, mismanagement, I think, is the fair way to describe it in the way uh, that it has been handled. But so we do this uh, weekly survey with Georgetown University um, and the University of Michigan, and we just ask voters what have you heard in the news about Donald Trump and about Joe Biden? The word cloud about Donald Trump, you can only read one word on it. Every other word is so small. It just says coronavirus across the word cloud in the biggest possible letters. It is the dominant force in this election. And by the way, it's also what Joe Biden is completely running on. So even if some voters were not necessarily thinking, oh, this is the coronavirus election, uh, Joe Biden, as one of the candidates in the race, is insisting every day in his messaging, it is about the coronavirus. It was clear that it was possible to do both in the sense of both uh, not tanking the economy and also having a robust response to the coronavirus. We saw that in countries around the world. Uh, South Korea, for example, is is one that comes to mind. A good example because they were diagnosed, they had their first patient confirmed on the same day the first patient was confirmed here. But the narrative is, as you point out, I think, David, that it was one or the other. Does that seem like it's an effective strategy for President Trump then to be really leaning into that? Well, what I think President Trump never got a hold of throughout this whole campaign was how interconnected those two things are. Obviously, he knows that the shutting down was related to the pandemic. I'm not suggesting that. But what I mean is he somehow thought he was going to be able to increase his perception with the public about his handling of the virus if he could just get all the economy back running again and then people would be so happy with the economy. What he never seemed to grasp, Sanjay, which is astounding to me because he's got he's proven to have pretty good political instincts at times, is that his path to getting uh, Americans to think he was in better charge of this uh, virus, this economy, was through actually managing the pandemic better than he was. That would have allowed people to open up safely in a more robust fashion if the actual spread of the virus was being stemmed in a much more uh, effective and responsible way. He just never seemed to understand how interconnected that was. Yeah, really, it really feels like if you look at all these issues from from testing to his own personal sort of um, the way that he's uh, spoken about the virus, that it was this, let's sweep it under the rug. It's all going to go away. And when I have a patient, uh, David, who gets sick of a disease, that tends to be a really significant moment for them uh, and their family. I mean, they tend to change their behaviors and, you know, any kind of brush with illness or your own mortality. How about for the president? I mean, when he got the infection. How much do you think that impacted him? I know you can't get in his head, but how much do you think that impacted him politically? That is such a moment, unlike any other that he would have had the opportunity to have with the American people, to actually get some sympathy from the American people, concern. So there was this moment, I thought, where he was going to emerge from the hospital, where he was going to be able to be seen by Americans in a slightly different light or just given a new piece of information. I will say that study I just was telling you about with the word cloud and it's all coronavirus, we did notice, actually, that in mentioning the coronavirus after he was sick— 
it was it trended a bit more positive mentions about Trump and the coronavirus than negative mentions about Trump and the coronavirus. So I do think there may have been some uh, positive sentiment about him that broke through relating to his illness. But here's the problem. You saw it. He walked up those stairs in the White House. He ripped the mask off. He immediately started holding those unsafe rallies again. Everything he did indicated there's no change in behavior. I think it was um, a squandered uh, opportunity for him. When you listen to Joe Biden, because this obviously is such a big issue, uh, this this handling of the pandemic, when you hear him, do you think he's putting forth a convincing case that he would have done a better job and that he will do a better job going forward? I think he puts forth a convincing case that he's a more honest and trustworthy person. I think the, the his response to this virus has allowed him to accentuate those advantages that he has in terms of those kinds of human qualities versus what, what they see on Donald Trump on that score. I will say his actual plan that he puts out, it doesn't sound like he has some new tool in his arsenal that we've never heard of about how to deal with this. He says there needs to be a national standard on mask wearing. He says he's going to encourage uh, continued social distancing. He uh, he would like to get more money uh, into states and, and local governments uh, to deal with education and other components of the fallout of of the pandemic. But it's not like I hear something that in his plan that is like you've never heard from the current uh, health officials, like from Dr. Fauci or somebody or yourself about like what you should be doing. So I'm not sure that he's convinced anybody who is a Trump diehard like, oh, Joe Biden's got the right plan on coronavirus and I'm going to come on over there because the president's politicized it so much. Um, his most ardent supporters are completely uh, okay with the way that he has sort of dismissed science or uh, been far more risky in his uh, behavior. That's not something that has turned them away. But here's the thing, Sanjay. No election is just a base election. It doesn't exist. Uh, in politics, it is a both-end proposition. It's not either or. It, you got to put all the puzzle pieces together. And so just like Donald Trump in 2016 was not elected with just his base, he won independence. He won seniors. He he had a, a broader coalition than he has right now. And he's working these next many days to try and peel some of those people back and in the Electoral College put it together in a way that maybe he can still have a path to victory. But when you look at how senior citizens, which was a, a sort of reliably Republican a slice of the electorate, they started drifting before coronavirus. We saw in the 2018 midterms, they were drifting towards the Democrats, though the Republicans still won them, even as the Democrats won the House. But now it's such a Joe Biden advantage and it is such a reversal of fortune with Donald Trump. There's no doubt that the virus has exacerbated in that vulnerable population how they're assessing these two leaders. How is voting going overall? My perception is, and again, you're the expert, is that the, the same people who are worried about coronavirus because of their age or pre-existing condition or just they're p- paying attention, not thinking it's a hoax, maybe the same people who are less likely to actually go out there and vote. Uh, obviously, there's mail-in voting and, and other types of voting, but, but is, that, is that a factor, do you think? I don't know that we know that they're less likely to actually cast a ballot. I think we, we do know is that they are far more likely to not cast a ballot in person. Uh, we, we know the universe of people who are voting by mail and absentee and, and early versus the universe of people who tell us they plan to vote in person on Election Day. They are politically 
like Mars and Venus, just different. Biden supporters and Democrats are much more concerned and therefore they are voting by mail in ways we have never seen before. And we are going to see so much more mail and absentee voting in this election than this country has ever seen. It may take a while in some places to actually get all those votes counted because these local election officials have never seen an influx of mail ballots like this. But we do know there is such a political significant difference between those two groups and that Trump supporters and Republicans say they fully intend to vote on Election Day, which is why, as you see all these early vote numbers come in, you don't have a complete picture. You have a picture of what that more Biden supporting piece of the electorate looks like. But until we see who turns up on Election Day itself, which we expect to be a much more pro-Trump electorate, you just don't have all the puzzle pieces together. Is the election coverage going to feel different when I watch it this year on November 3rd? You know, I think some of it will feel very similar. I will tell you our approach, uh, Sanjay, is to make sure, as always, like you do all the time uh, with every bit of reporting you bring to CNN, we are going to do that facts first. So when you see the vote totals of what the race looks like at a given moment in Florida, to make sure that we give context around that. How much of that vote is absentee vote? How much of that vote is Election Day vote? We're going to be a little more granular on that level because— People are voting differently in America than they have before, and the casting and counting of these ballots is going to occur differently because of the pandemic. And so we just want to make sure at all times through election night we're being as transparent as possible and telling people it may take a while to count ballots. That doesn't mean something's wrong. And that if uh, Donald Trump wants to go out and declare victory prematurely and the facts don't back that up, we will make sure to make clear to our audience as well. We don't have facts that back up uh, that there's a victor in this race yet. So we will always be bringing the facts, the context, and the real-time data as best we can. And um, other than that, I think you will see maybe uh, an election night that you've, you know, become uh, accustomed to seeing on CNN. Thank you so much, David. I really look forward to it. Keep up the amazing work. Please take care of yourself. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Thank you, Sanjay. It's a mutual admiration society. That was David Chalian, CNN's political director. If you want to listen to more of David talking about anything and everything politics related, check out his podcasts, Politically Sound and the CNN Political Briefing. And if you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.